Welcome to Paint on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, Chair of Communication Studies, the first communication department in the United States. I'm here with Paint on Politics with a colleague and friend who's come across the pond for the pre-summit, John Grisby. Welcome to Emerson. Thank you so much, Dr. Payne. Great to be here. Well, it's uh, it's been wonderful to talk with you over lunch down at uh, the cafeteria, which I think has some of the best food around. And can you tell us what you're going to be presenting at this pre-summit, which is trying to bridge the gaps in such desperate times? Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you to yourself and Dr. Laura Anderson. Uh, talking about um, leadership in sports. So this is, this is an idea of, of how to lead in complex times and accelerated change and solve problems. So if I were to dig in, leadership is one of my favorite, uh, actually, subjects. I, when I was over at Harvard, I really liked Ron Heifetz and his adaptive leadership book, uh, when I was at Illinois, I loved Marie Nichols because she said it was all about ethics and credibility. John, when you're looking at leadership in sports, what do you think are the essential characteristics of leadership? Great question. I approach it from a more of a cultural scientific view. So you've you've just mentioned two types of leadership, and it's great because I'll I'll in in my talk I'll be presenting some research that shows that there's over 138 styles of leadership and. There's over a hundred. Uh, there's over seventy characteristics of leaders. So the question is, how do you choose? How do you choose? Which do you choose? When do you use which? And I think in when you get to that type of complexity, you really have to back up and look at the fundamental elements of what form a leader. So I look at life conditions and the human element and the sociocultural element and and mindsets really, and you can take that contextually to different places, Boston, Barcelona, Moscow, uh, Japan, and kind of turn it on its head. So it's not the question of what is a good leader or what is leadership, it's what is the context uh, that you're in and what is the expression in the context. It reminds me a great deal of what Lloyd Bitzer from the University of Wisconsin said was the rhetorical situation, that you had to really sort of know that particular area. You need to know the time, the place, the people. So what you're saying is it really depends upon the situation that one size does not fit all in terms of leadership. Absolutely. And and if you look at if you look at leadership in academia, you know, around you know, the late 1940s, it's been studied. And of course, it's existed in history thousands of years, thousands of years in humans before that. But it's, it's, it's the context, you know, uh, different, different leaders have different points of view, they have different perspectives. And of course, in countries, it expresses differently. Saudi Arabia is a much different expression from the US. Canadian is much different. And as you say, it really depends on those life conditions that that help that emerge. John, given your specialties, because you have such a global reach, and I've enjoyed your podcast as well as your books, you have Qatar going to be hosting, of course, the the games coming up. That produces some challenges, or as Bitzer would say, exigencies because of the system they're in. Many people have pushed back on that. How do you see Qatar attempting to demonstrate leadership in terms of a global sport, given some of the cultural and, I would say, normative aspects that don't play so well in Peoria and other places in the West? Yeah, really rich subject. Uh, 
So as you see, there, there's different comments from different people. Some people say, I'm going to boycott. Other people say, well, I'm going to go there and I'm going to show. I think at the, the base, the fundamental level, we're talking about change in a culture. And there's many different ways to make change happen. There's socially, there's economically, there's politically. And especially these types of countries where you have history, religion going back thousands of years, you're never going to unravel that type of thinking. So you, you really have to tread lightly <laughs> and do the type rope. You know, it's, it's a balance of, uh, it's a balance of, I think the world has let them know where it stands in the thinking. And they've had to assume that they've had to own up to that and say, yes, uh, but, but this is us. And, and so it starts the wheels turning and those will take a long time, but it starts just like here in the U.S., started the wheels turning in the 60s and 70s with, with anything, race, gender, etc. You, I think your point is well taken. We've discussed with some of my other uh, guests in the past, after 9-11, in which Emerson lost three people in the first flight, uh, Jane Simpkin, Sonia Popolo, as well as uh, Myra Aronson, Many people said, well, how could Emerson be one that would really select and be the first group of students to go to Saudi Arabia? I, as someone who worked with Prince Faisal on this, believed that I, there were many things I disagreed with. But it's as you said, some people go and say, I'm going to go because I can help impact change. I can at least introduce the dialogue. Uh, to me, it's easier just to say, well, I'm going to boy boycott. Because if we don't start making some type of a change inwards for them to do deliberative thinking, just as you've said we should do deliberative thinking. Uh, I think that uh, if you're really a, a speaker and you're a leader, you're leaving something that's left unturned. I mean, would you agree with that? Disagree? Totally agree. And the people who say boycott, are, are their thinking is that there's going to be a revolutionary change overnight. And, and, and within the back of that, you, you're, blocking, you're looking at systems and structures within their countries that, they, that are far beyond anything we can imagine even their economy. But change starts with, uh, uh, look at race in the U.S. You know, change started with education. It's education, education, education. That is the, you know, the, that is the the level playing field with where we can we can start. Right. John, one thing I wanted to do, because as I as I said, you have a podcast. Can you tell us about your podcast, what you what you basically cover, some of the people that you've uh, interviewed and what your plans are in the future? Well, the podcast is actually part of the work that I do. So I, I don't really interview people. I, I, in the engagements that I do, part of it is is kind of this uh, asynchronistic learning. So right. you, you, you um, they're, they're, they're able to listen to me, some topics, uh, and we're able to take that into to an engagement and, and talk about that. So right. I, I, it's not a podcast where I interview and, and kind of like to push up the numbers. It's very specific and mainly educational. Well, see, I can understand you because you've got a very, very rich uh, intellectual experience there. For me, I have to sort of live off of whoever I'm uh, interviewing because I, I sort of lack that. What is one? Of, what are some of the topics that you've explored in your podcast and giving people a better understanding of sports? Uh, I talk about uh, a recent one that I that I just did is about the English Football League and um, and how that has evolved and what types of leadership are within that spectrum. So you have everything from uh, the tribal the tribal leader to uh, kind of uh, you know top top down uh, very uh, kind of it's not unprofessional but unstructured coming to the structure.
until the Alex Ferguson's, it's back-to-back silverware year after year. So it's looking at a spectrum. Uh, uh, and the other part is I, I talk a lot about the, the science of, of leadership mindset. So looking at how, um, what elements go into the thinking of, of leaders. Right. Well, one thing that I think is exciting is you've come back to Boston and you're here at Emerson College. And when I was speaking with you, I asked you about your experiences here. And you said, uh, hey, Greg, I was over in Maastricht. And I think for many people, Maastricht is not something they've heard about the castle. They probably heard about Blancarna, maybe the Paris program, the Switzerland program. Tell us about Maastricht, because I thought that was a very vital part of Emerson's first move into Europe. What an amazing it's probably up there with the the first uh, what can i say it it was just brilliant you know studying in that environment with such diversity all over the world it was an incredible experience uh and uh it's one that will probably what solidified the foundation for me to be able to stay in europe and work uh meeting all these people getting educated you know the the hofsteads looking at the the cultural communications it was so rich. Right, right. I know that, uh, of course, we had Maastricht, something that Alan Koenig, we also mentioned uh, uh, that you, of course, had Vito Silvestri, who's yes. an iconic person. Uh, did you have Walt Littlefield, Walt and Marcy Littlefield? I don't remember. He would have taught probably intercultural or propaganda. Uh, but I know that... Uh, Great. Of course, uh, uh, Hearn? Ted O'Hearn. Ted O'Hearn was... He, of course was we were very gifted to have TED as part of our global marketing program. And as you know, we went from Maastricht, something that Alan Koenig as president started. We then went to Brussels. We were on Avenue Louise. And then that program came back here. But I keep talking to many of the alums who said that was just an incredible experience for you. So it's wonderful to have the roots of that that, uh, Emerson experience. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, many many universities or business schools from the U.S. couldn't match that type of program. Yes. Well, I do know that you're going to be going to see Coach Gould in a few moments. And tomorrow okay. we begin the pre-summit. Uh, I'm wondering if you could give us a preview for those who are going to come and see you at the Bordy. Uh, I think it's actually Tuesday night, correct? Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, at, Tuesday at 6. Right. Uh, for those who, of you who are listening... Uh, please come to the Bordy, which is on Tremont Street. And John, you are going to be speaking about? I'm going to speak about the perfect storm in Sports 4.0, which is how to lead in complexity. And also, you know, why leadership at this time is probably not, you know, doesn't have the capability to solve the problems that are here now and coming. And and kind of along the theme of the, the summit, why today's leadership uh, must build capacity to actually burn, uh, uh, excuse me, build bridges, <laughs> build bridges, not burn them, yes. build bridges uh, for the future. Well, one thing that we are big, strong proponents of, and I think Lauren has probably told you, sports communication at Emerson is one of the fastest growing majors. Uh, Alex Dents, who is with us, is a sports comp master's candidate. We have to thank Al Jaffe, Spencer Kimball, Lee Stacy, and several others who've been, in, been a part of that. You and myself and Spencer tried to meet up at the airport, I think, when we were coming back from the Blank Karenis Summit. Of course, uh, I think uh, we had various walls keeping us from doing it. So it's good to see you without walls here at Emerson, and we look forward to having you give us the insights on leadership this Tuesday at the Bordy as part of the pre-summit. So, John, welcome to Emerson. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Enjoy and thank you for Paint on Politics.